Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about self-sabotage today, and a lot of people do this. It's unbelievable how many people self-sabotage themselves, and that's called self-defeating behavior. You know, it's said to be self-sabotaging when it creates problems in daily life, and then it interferes with long-standing goals. And the most common self-sabotaging behaviors include procrastination, self-medication with drugs or alcohol, comfort eating, and forms of self-injury such as cutting. Yes, cutting. You know, there's a lot of reasons why a person might act, you know, in that way. And and it's always damaging to themselves and their own well-being. And, you know, people aren't always aware that they're self-sabotaging. And they're con- uh, connecting uh, a behavior to self-defeating consequences is no guarantee that a person will disengage from it. Still, it is possible to overcome almost any form of self-sabotage. There's a lot of therapies that can aid in interrupting these ingrained patterns of thought and action while strengthening deliberation and self-regulation. And so, you know, there's also motivational therapies that can help reconnect people with their goals and their values and try to get onto a new pattern. You know, um, Some individuals, of course, spend much of their lives struggling with powerful cravings for food, drinking, gambling, or other temptations that come at a painful cost to their health, their relationships, their children, their life, their finances. But the forces that lead to self-sabotage can also be more subtle, such as uh, accumulation of dysfunctional or, or distorted beliefs that lead people to underestimate their capabilities, and that suppresses their feelings or, or lash out at the people around them, and that's what they do. It also, hoarding, hoarding is another self-defeating behavior where you literally bury yourself alive. You know, it can be difficult to identify self-sabotaging behavior, especially because the consequences might not immediately follow the behavior and making a connection unclear to this self-defeating behavior. And so, one approach is to examine whether your behaviors are aligned with your long-term goals. And if not, the behavior may be self-defeating. And you can also take this quiz to find out, the A quiz to find out online if, if your behaviors are problematic. And there's a lot of quizzes out there if you Google it of self-sabotaging so you can figure out if you identify with that kind of a person. You know, people can stand in their own way for a whole bunch of different reasons. You know, the most common types of self-sabotage is, once again, procrastination. Another one, and it just makes me cringe when I hear people say this word, I'm a perfectionist. Because perfectionism is self-sabotaging, self-defeating behavior. Also, uh, it can take place in in their relationships, in their work, in their finances, in their time. 
and and change. For example, a perfectionist who wants to complete something flawlessly may dismiss incremental improvements when making even a little progress would actually help accomplish the goal. You know, get it in the ballpark first. Stop trying to be perfect, especially if you're trying to make other people perfect. That's never going to happen. You know, people also procrastinate on things that, that, that in some way evoke anxiety or distress, especially like tasks. You know, putting, it, putting something off allows people to avoid those negative emotions, even if it prevents, prevents them from accomplishing long-term goals that would bring happiness or fulfillment. And then there's also distractions like social media and, and, or setting a vague deadline like, I'll get to that next week. Uh, which also fuels procrastination, just putting it off and putting it off and then forgetting about it. You know, there's also self-effacing behavior that can emerge when people have trouble believing in their own abilities. And, uh, you know, a problem for women in particular is extreme modesty can hinder success by derailing their own confidence and by hindering other people's confidence in you. You know, there's a lot of research that shows that self-effacing individuals are generally better liked but are also seen as less competent. And that's an important thing. We can really sacrifice our own self-esteem and our own self-regard by being a little too humble. You know, it's, it, is, um, it is great to be confident in what you know, but that is not making you arrogant. You know, there's a difference between being confident in what you're good at and being arrogant. And a lot of people don't understand the difference between the two. You know, developing a deep relationship leads to vulnerability. And that's an important quality, vulnerability. And a lot of people are too afraid because they have trust issues. But the process can make some insecure, someone uh, insecure about the potential loss of a relationship, their self-esteem, their uncomfortable feelings at surface. But the desire to avoid emotional pain and protect yourself uh, could be the reason for self-sabotaging a relationship. You know, exploring those emotions and fears in therapy can help break the pattern. This is a very, very, very important quality that we all must think about. Also, drinking. Doing drugs allows people to escape difficult emotions, but they can develop a warped perception about the habit and, and, and such as they need alcohol to be liked or have relationships, even when reality demonstrates the opposite, such as drinking is ruining their relationship. And those distorted beliefs, in addition to the neurobiological changes, make overcoming addiction really challenging. You know, documenting, analyzing behavior is a key component of preventing self-sabotage. People prone to self-defeating behaviors can notice when they feel stressed, they write down both the source of the stress and how they respond to the stress. And, and they can explore whether that choice encompasses any mistaken or harmful beliefs and then train themselves to respond to a new healthy way, such as by sharing their feelings, God forbid, with others, exercising, developing a new hobby, you know, harmful thought patterns can occur automatically without conscious processing, and that's the problem with self-defeating behavior. And so you've got to uncover them and try to bring more conscious awareness to your thoughts. You know, take note whether you feel a distressing emotion, uh, what you were thinking right before that, and then doing this exercise on a regular basis can uncover your self-sabotaging triggers. You know, begin 
to, to understand also in childhood, you have patterns that you develop and those patterns identify oftentimes with the current triggers that we have these days for self-sabotaging, like picking fights or blaming someone else, perhaps by journaling, you know, learn to tolerate some discomfort and respond with a healthy behavior instead. You know, communicate your habits and progress to your partner, cultivate some self-compassion as well as avoid self-sabotaging in the future. But, you know, this all sounds so easy. It's not. It's not easy. You have to make it conscious first, and that's why I say writing it down can be so important. But if you choose which pattern really hinders your success, such as procrastination, low self-esteem, bad financial choices because you're too impulsive and need to have something right now to comfort you, like clothing, which some people have like piles and piles and piles – it's amazing, though, that, that, that identifying the triggers for the behavior and make a plan for actions to take instead. For example, if negativity is a problem at work, plan, play to, plan to make one positive comment each day. Embrace those improvements rather than elimination to make incremental progress towards your goal. Oftentimes, you can replace a self-sabotaging behavior with a positive behavior and reinforce that. You know, it can be really helpful to start a task without thinking about the entire project or timeline. You know, just get moving. Just start. It's kind of like going to college. You know, you go to college, you don't know what you want to be. Maybe you can start out with business and maybe you go to marketing, maybe you go to something else. And eventually you land where your passion is because you keep getting exposed to more and more and more things to help hone your decision down. So you may graduate with something entirely different than you entered college in the first place. You know, but if you anticipate future behavior and plan how to respond and eliminating your distractions until a designated time can be very valuable. You know, these self-defeating behaviors are behaviors that move you away from yourself. They move you away from your passions, your purpose in life. You know, I often say this, but we're souls living a human life. And our soul has a passion and a purpose. And our job in this life is to find that. And if we can find that passion and purpose, we need to find out how to drive ourselves towards it and make things happen that feed us. But the problem with self-defeating behavior is it doesn't fully allow us to encompass our own talents that is God-given gifts that we all have. You know, there's a lot of theories that suggest that self-defeating behaviors are, are a kind of defense mechanism, fooling people into thinking that they're coping with stress, pressure, social demands, while others suggest that self-defeating behaviors help a person to stay within their comfort zone. You know, some people just lack confidence. They, they may self-sabotage a job opportunity to, re- to remain at a, a certain career level and never move beyond that. You know, some people feel as though these behaviors are impossible to resist. And, and once again, you know, some of the common types of self-defeating behavior, and I'm going to bring them up, up again and again and again. And the reason is so we can I mean, really identify what these things are. Uh, physical, mental neglect is a big one. You know, if you're going to neglect your body, if you're going to neglect your brain, what's going to happen is you are self-defeating and cutting yourself short. Some people would say if you're going to eat yourself to death, that's a suicidal lifestyle. Some people would say not taking care of yourself 
is suicidal lifestyle. Yes, it is. You know, perfectionism is ridiculous. There's hardly anything in this life outside of probably uh, making things that go into space, and I don't know, maybe a few other things that are perfect. There's few things that are perfect. Also, a lot of people have what's called self-criticism. They're always criticizing themselves, always talking about how dumb they are, how stupid they are, or whatever, or I'm not good at that. I'll never be able to do that. You know, when we do that, we just cut ourselves away of something that we quite possibly could be very good at. Also, it's a, it's a horrible thing because uh, people that whine, by the way, are self-defeating because they have this victim uh, self-pity projecting their victimhood on everybody else. And when we do that, uh, basically, nobody can stand us. A person that whines will suck the soul straight out of your body if you have to listen to them all day long. You know, uh, comparing yourself to other people, that's another self-defeating behavior. You are yourself. You have your own life. You do not need to compare yourself to other people. They have their own trajectory. They have their own set of problems. They have their own secrets. They have their own life. Your life is not their life. Do not compare yourself to anyone ever. Also, social withdrawal and alienation. You know, when we do that, and a lot of people really have embraced that with this COVID crap, um, and now they're made a lifestyle of it, where they're basically just sitting in their house all day long, withdrawing, not having very much social activity, not making friends, not talking to people. They alienate, 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 and eventually they have no life, maybe work because it's online, but they eventually just shut their doors on life. Another self-defeating behavior, and boy, I tell you, ever since the invention of the birth control, at least the, the pill, you know, um, <laughs> risky sexual behaviors. People have more STDs these days than ever, ever, because everybody's doing it with everybody else. And these risky behaviors are crazy because people have really expanded what sexuality is all about. Uh, by relabeling themselves as to one sexuality or another sexuality, homosexuality, whatever. So all, all the orifices of the body are being used and, uh, and other places on the body are now being used for sexual behaviors, which introduces more and more and more opportunities for us to have STDs. Also, people that are too egotistical to refuse and refuse help you know, we are all here to help each other. And if you refuse help, you are self-defeating. Also, the overspending. And people do this and do this and do this because now money is not in your hands. Exchanging money is very rare. And so now what people do is they use their credit cards, they use their banks thing, and, and basically they have no bounds because they can buy anything on a credit card. And people up their debt and up their debt and up their debt, and then they find themselves hung with debt and which they cannot pay back. Um, a lot of people have taken these uh, small business loans. And I'm telling you, man, these loans, they were giving this money away. But the problem is you got to pay it back. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, those payments can be big time. You know, also relationship sabotage is another thing. People defeat their relationship because they think the grass is greener on the other side. And oftentimes they find themselves lonely alone. And some people have a lot of trouble 
finding out how to love someone because they don't even love themselves. And that's a sad thing. You know, if you don't love yourself, you don't know how to love other people. You need to find out how to love yourself. And the biggest way to love yourself is saying no to things that hurt you, like self-sabotaging. Over and under eating, that's a big one. That's a big one. I mean, food is available to us all the time. If people wanted to eat 24 by 7, they can. If they want to eat a bag of chips every five minutes, they will. You know, the, the problem is, is it catches up with you. Also, then we have these self-injurious behaviors. Some, some people learn in their teen years that, oh, I can escape my problems by cutting. And so they cut and cut and cut, and then they realize, oh, I'm going to have these scars on my arm, on my legs, on my wherever for the rest of my life. And it's just a big, ugly tattoo. And then if they have children, guess what? They got to explain what they did to themselves to their children. And guess what their children think is okay? To self-sabotage by cutting. The, the interesting thing about cutting is it usually indicates that there is a major disorder going on, a, either a personality disorder like uh, borderline personality people love to cut themselves. Um, it also indicates that there may be other, even worse, uh, diagnoses that are, are, are coming upon this person. Also, drug and alcohol abuse, that's a big one. You know, ever since COVID, um, if you go to the store, sometimes you, you find there's hardly anything there, especially Trader Joe's. You know, it, it, it's it's you you need to understand that you have to take control. You need to develop a sense of personal integrity. And you start by identifying the behaviors in your life that you feel are getting in the way of reaching your goals. Insight is really important to changing that behavior. So you got to get real. You got to find ways to stop minimizing unhealthy behaviors and rationalizing their presence. Examine how a behavior really impacts your life. You know, don't get down on yourself. Being overly critical of yourself or thinking that you're weak creates a worse self-esteem and often leads you to lower self-esteem and confidence. So make it harder to act impulsively. Do you, you know, if, if you find that you overeat when you're stressed, keep foods that you tend to binge on out of the house. And if you overspend when you're sad, you know, only withdraw enough cash for your weekly expenses and make access to your debit and be, uh, credit cards more difficult. Also, it would be nice if you would practice some mindfulness, focus on the present, be in the present. The meaning of life is being here. In this very moment, that's what's important. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. 
The Lord Jesus Christ presents a doctrine through the Apostle Paul for us so that we might teach the word to others. Hear and interpret these words of wisdom each week on the radio program Why Paul? with hosts Michael and Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton through their ministry, 14th Street Ministries. Michael, Michelle, and Pamela are dedicated to sharing these words with you so that you might pass it along to others. Listen every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about self-sabotage. And you know what? There's a thing called emotional self-sabotage. And one of the centerpieces of understanding people's emotional intelligence is recognizing and acknowledging that we can be hijacked by our emotions. And this, in part, is a, a psychological and a physiological process where an area of the brain called the amygdala, which plays a key role in processing our emotions, goes into overdrive. And these are reactive emotions. We are responding to something in our external environment But, you know, what about when our emotional reaction is self-imposed and we are responding to our interior landscape? You know, humans are not fundamentally negative, but we have something called a negativity bias. And, And we are hardwired to look for the worst possible scenario because it's a survival mechanism serving us both in the 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 the. The, the world and in our social interactions. And that tendency becomes married to some aspect of a less positive self-perception and a negative self-talk, which is called a negative narrative. And it can create a, a whole bunch of emotions that drag us down a rabbit hole of one of our own making. And working with emotional intelligence means first developing a sense of empathy. And I'm telling you, man, I'm seeing a lack of that in a lot of people these days. And I know that that has to do with COVID. I know that has to do with these drastic Uh, lifestyle changes. And I also know it has to do with the suppression of our government and the, the, all this crap people are doing to each other. It's just amazing how our culture has shifted in such a little amount of time. People are just nasty out there right now, uh, criticizing every little thing. 
you know, uh, the cancel culture is absolutely crazy. Um, you know, even school systems have lost their mind. It's just, uh, anyway, I'll go back. <laughs> Let me get on the right track here. So, you know, uh, the state of mind that we get in emotionally, you know, requires a lot of thoughtfulness and a lot of circumcision. Uh, and, and, and we have to be able to look back at ourselves and really understand what is causing our emotional, you know, production that's going on. You know, and, and what are the first things that happens when we start think, stop thinking clearly? You know, we never want to make decisions in life, especially big decisions, when we are emotional, when we are depressed, when we are anxious. Don't ever make life decisions and big decisions when emotions are playing a part of it. You know, you know, when we find ourselves in, in a, uh, an emotional, what's called an emotional cascade, which means we're just gripped by an emotion, we tend not to be able to think our way out. And this is for two reasons. First, we're playing, uh, out, uh, playing out of our norm, and this is just the way it is and the way I feel. And secondly, we're not thinking clearly enough to create a space we need to exercise self-empathy, never mind self-compassion. And the stuckness we experience in the patterns that repeatedly play out keep us where we are. And so we have to come out of our inability to hold space for ourselves because we can't hold space for ourselves when we have emotion. If you're depressed, you can get yourself to a point where you are just a walking ball of depression and not the human being that you are. And the same thing goes with panic attacks and anxiety and agoraphobia where you're stuck in your house or people that have uh, social anxiety. You know, when we find also uh, OCD, by the way, obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, uh, emotional intelligence is a really social dynamic. First, it's about how we relate to each other. And in some ways, more importantly, it's how we relate to ourselves. You know, our self relationship. The path of awareness of empathy, compassion are hallmarks of emotional intelligence. If we can really get to know empathy and compassion, we can make our way through life. We are not just here for ourselves. We are here for others. And it's important for us to really come to grips with that. Because if we're here for others and we don't have empathy or compassion, you're going to have a heck of a lonely life if you don't get to know those emotions very well. You know, if in a quiet moment, moment, you know, take the time to establish an awareness of your patterns. Identify them. Give, give yourself permission to hold the space. You know, we're better served for being able to climb out of our rabbit hole should we fall into it. And, and, and in doing so, we ourselves, uh, we do ourselves a great disservice by staying in that, you know, leaving us grounded in our stuckness rather than grounded in ourselves. And once we become aware of our patterns, we have given ourselves the permission, we're more likely to see that emotional pr production coming over time and can learn to sidestep it, can learn to bypass it, can learn to overcome it. That is a big deal in life if you can do that. You know, understand self-sabotage. Recognize the habits. Identify the causes, the roots of what's causing this. Take time for self-reflection. Find your inner positive voice. Maybe even learn how to meditate. Learn how to pray. 
and really get to know yourself. Really start to understand and get some peace in your life. Because when you have peace, you can have every emotion available. Peace is a very important thing for all of us to understand. A lot of people will say, I just want to be happy. But you know what? If you're peaceful, you, you can be happy. You can be sad. You can be whatever you want to be. And that's important. That's an important thing in life. And if we learn to be resilient, if we learn how to, that it's not important what happens to us, it's more important how we choose to respond. It's also important to understand that other people do not own our emotions. We own our emotions. We choose to feel the way we feel. We have free will to choose any emotion that we want. But if you just want to be happy, that's, that's going to be a pretty hard thing to do all the time. Okay, so you want to make small, meaningful changes when you're trying to overcome an emotional argument about yourself, an emotional thing that we hate about ourselves. And what we most commonly do when we don't have a good relationship with ourselves is we love to make other people miserable. So we project how we feel about ourselves on other people, on our spouse especially, and project, project, project at war. We may have a kid that we project on because they, they remind us of ourselves. So we project all that we hate about ourselves onto our kids. Do you really want to do that? Do you want to shape a kid's mind? Because I've, I've done lots of counseling with people that have been shaped by their parents' bad concept of their self and subconsciously loading their children with everything they hate about themselves. You know, you want to make goals. You want to straighten up your life. You want to have integrity. If you have integrity, you could be the ugliest person in the world physically, but mentally, you're going to be magnetic. People will love to be around you because you have integrity. That means you can be trusted. And in relationships, you work on trust. You don't work on love. You work on trust. You can love someone and not trust them. But when you love, when you trust someone, the love will always grow. So the binder of any relationship in life is trust. And the problem is with people who self-sabotage is they don't trust themselves. And therefore, they trust no one else because they don't trust themselves because they self-sabotage. We want to get the trust in ourselves back. We need to own that, and that means that we need to be here in this moment to make changes. We need to be very clear about the things in our life that are self-sabotaging. You know, why do we keep doing it? You know, how does this keep happening? If you're asking that to yourself, the answer is within yourself. You know, you might have to ask yourself these questions when you feel trapped in patterns that create problems in your life. Why do I keep doing this? How does this keep happening to me? You know, keep these keep you from achieving your goals. Although you try to make changes and to disrupt the patterns, somehow you will end up in the same place again and again and again in even a different way, but it's still the same. Same result, same result, and that's called self-catastrophizing. If we're going to catastrophize everything, it's like going to a ball game and figuring out you're going to lose anyway, and so you don't play as hard. You get what you ask for, which is to be defeated. Yes, we do that. And we self-sabotage ourselves because we don't believe we can actually accomplish something. And even when we're accomplishing something and it's feeling really good, 
we figure that we don't deserve it, and then we self-defeat again. You know, it, it, if you look at yourself in a number of ways, some are obvious, but others are a bit harder to recognize. You know, if you're blaming others when things go wrong, you got a problem. You need to step up and recognize you're not taking responsibility for life. You're acting like a child. And maybe that is your inner child that never grew up. And that's how you're responding to life by blaming everybody else because you don't want to get in trouble. You know, it's kind of sad when people do that because subconsciously and even consciously, other people are going, you're a child. I can't trust you because you blame everybody else for what you did. You know, sometimes bad things just happen without anyone being at fault. You know, sure, some misfortunes might be solely the fault of someone else, but that's not always the case. You know, if you tend to find fault elsewhere whenever you face difficulties, it may be worth taking a little closer look at the part of you that played the role. What did I do? How did I do? What did I do to contribute to this outcome and take accountability for that? Doesn't mean you have to take accountability for the whole outcome, but you certainly should take accountability for your part in an outcome that has negatively affected you or other people. You know, say your partner has some relationship behaviors that affect you both and you decide they won't change and break up with them. You feel good about the breakup since their unwillingness to change kept you from moving forward uh, together and your friends agree you did the right thing. But if you don't take time to explore how you might have contributed to some of the issues in the relationship, you self-sabotage your chance to learn and grow from the experience. You know, I often tell people that are married You know, why don't we do marriage right? Why don't we do so I can teach you how to be married? Why don't we do that first before we get a divorce? Why don't we learn how to be married? And then if you get a divorce, you can say, I did learn how to be married. And maybe next time you can adapt and do it the right way. You know, choosing to walk away when things don't go smoothly, that's another weak trait. There's nothing wrong with moving on from situations that don't meet your needs, and this might be the best option, but it's usually wise to take a quick step back and ask yourself first if you really made an effort. You know, maybe you can't seem to stay in any job for a very long time. You know, maybe you left one job because your supervisor treated you unfairly. You were let go from the second because of overstaffing. You left your next job because of a toxic coworker. So on and so on and so on and so on. Usually there's another problem and it means that the, the, the finger needs to be pointing back at you. You played a role in that. You know you did. And you need to evaluate what's going on and what you need to change about yourself to be more adaptable and social and be able to hold a job. You know, it's crazy for people to lose good jobs because they give everybody else the power rather than look at what they do to themselves and how they contribute to the problems. You know, for those reasons, you know, such a pervasive pattern could have something more to it. You know, doubts about your ability to succeed or hold a steady job could lead you to do things that disrupt your performance or keep you from thriving, or maybe you're afraid of conflict or criticism. And that's another self-defeating behavior. Somebody tells me I don't like conflict and they're married. Come on, give me a break. That's no excuse. Just because you don't like conflict, just do conflict safely. Be welcome to hearing other person, another person's perception of you. Be, be welcome to listening to someone's emotions. You know, that's what marriage is all about. It's the holding ground for a family's emotions. 
That's what it is. And and yes, you may logically do other things, but you do and you never answer emotion with logic. Unfortunately, people that don't like criticism will try to solve the problem before they acknowledge the emotion. You have to acknowledge the emotion first before you solve the problem. That's why empathy and compassion are very, very, very important, especially if you choose to drag someone into your life and then force them to deal with your lack of conflict. That is ridiculous. You have to be able to make room for another person. Being married, I will tell you this, from a Christian perspective, it's like trying to develop a relationship with God. That's what marriage is about. That's what the relationship with your partner is about. It's a continuing practice of how to listen to God and have a relationship and go, is what I'm doing wise for God? Is what I'm doing wise for my spouse? Is is what I... You know, I have this opportunity in front of me. Is it wise for my spouse? That's the first thing you need to think about. Not is it good for me? Is it good for my spouse? The second thing you want to think about is, is it wise for God? You know, and, and, and we go that way. Now, the relationship you have with your kids is how God loves you. And that's how you assure yourself that you are forgiven. You are loved. That's the building of that relationship. That is so important for all of us to understand. If we're going to step into a relationship, you have to be accountable. You know, it's tough, but working through challenges and problems helps you grow. But once again, if you deny people their emotions and you shut them down and you don't allow people to vent, you don't allow people to have their perception of the truth, then what you end up doing is they end up usually upping the ante and trying to hurt you even more and more and more because you won't listen to them. And they're trying to get you to listen to them, so they up their game, they call you names, they do whatever, and they just continue and continue and continue because they're not being heard. They're being disrespected. Well, guess what creates rage? Disrespect and fear. That's it. And if you get that, then you'll know how important it is to acknowledge people's emotions. Also, this procrastination crap, that's crazy. You know, have you ever found yourself stalled or stuck when faced with an important task? You know, you're you're far from alone. And, you know, if you've prepared, done all your research, sat down to get started, only to find out you, you can't begin, your motivation has completely disappeared. So you avoid the task by cleaning out the refrigerator, organizing your drunk drawer, starting a, a movie marathon. You know, but per- procrastination can happen for no apparent reason, but it typically has an underlying cause such as feeling overwhelmed uh, by what you need to do. Uh, trouble managing time, doubting your abilities or skills, or having a negative narrative about yourself that you can't do it. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to keep going down this rabbit hole to get rid of uh, self-sabotage. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com 
or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about self-sabotage. Yeah, you know, people love to pick fights with friends and partners. Sometimes, you know, you can subtly undermine yourself and harm your relationships in a whole lot of ways. You know, maybe maybe you're always ready to argue, even over things that don't really matter, just because you like to be the devil's advocate and, and get people going and like to get, push people's buttons, just like a child. That's what they do. Why not do that as an adult? Well, guess what? You may not have any relationships and the ones you have will be completely miserable. You know, like, like uh, <laughs> you know, it, some people are, are ridiculous. They don't like to make a decision. You know, where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go eat? Well, well, great. Well, character is the ability to make a decision. If you're going to be an adult in this life, you need to make some choices. And guess what? You can change your choices. You can alternate your choices. You can adapt to your choices. But make some choices. And allow people to get to know you. You know, the people you can't buy a gift for, you don't know how to buy them a gift, you don't know what they would want. Those are people that have a lot of trouble making choices. And it's kind of sad, but that's what they do. You know, dating people who don't check your boxes is another way of self-defeating. You know, getting those common type of people that you always have in a relationship. Well, guess what? It's always going to end because that person ends up being one person in a whole bunch of other people. Also, people like codependents, and that's a whole nother subject, but codependent people have to have their everyday narcissist or they can't exist because they have to focus on the narcissist so they don't focus on themselves. It's sad, but codependent people are self-defeating. Narcissists are self-defeating. 
it's really unbelievable how many ways we can self-sabotage ourselves. You know, try to make things work with somebody who has a very different goals for the future. That can be a big problem because both of you may have to overcompromise, such as where you're going to live, what you're going to do. Also, uh, if you're going to stay in a relationship that's going nowhere, that's an important thing to understand. If that's happening in your life, guess what? You got to make some changes. Or maybe you're monogamous, but keep developing attractions to non-monogamous people. So you give non-monogamy a try more than once, but end up frustrating and hurting yourself each time. You know, if, or you want kids, but your partner doesn't. Everything else is working, so you stay in the relationship secretly hoping they're going to change their mind. Or by falling into patterns that you're preventing yourself from finding someone who's a better match in the long term. You know, if you don't have a good ability to state your needs, and needs are different than wants. Needs are important. And that goes back to your love language. You know, whatever your love language, whatever it is that someone has ever done made you feel loved, that is usually going to be your love language. It could be giving gifts. It could be receiving compliments. It could be doing things for the person. It could be just time together. Whatever it is, if that's a need and that other person refuses to meet that need, you're going to have a long journey in life that's going to be very hard with that person if they're not willing to learn how to love you the way you need to be loved. You know, if you have a hard time speaking up for yourself, uh, uh, and getting your needs met, like in family situations, like among your friends at work, romantic relationships, everyday interactions. Imagine you're in line at a supermarket with a sandwich when someone of a, a, a full cart of groceries cuts in front of you. You're in a hurry to get back to work, but you can't bring yourself to say anything. You let them go ahead and end up late for a meeting that you really couldn't afford to miss. That's self-sabotaging. If you're too uh, if you have an inability to create boundaries, you're going to have a hard time, you know, putting yourself down. I can't believe this, but a lot of people do this. I've done this. I'm, it, it, I am not oblivious to all this stuff I'm talking about. I've done these things in my life. That's why I identified with the show. You know, uh, if you have this self-narrative, like I can't do anything right, or it I, I won't make it, so why should I bother? Or, wow, I really messed up. I'm terrible at this per, per particular task. Whether you criticize yourself in front of others or have a habit of negative self-talk, the same thing can happen. Your words may eventually be taken as the truth. And believing these criticisms can promote an attitude of self-defeat and keep you from wanting to try again. And eventually you might give up before you even begin. This is the problem. People who have self-sabotage in their life, lack will. They lack the ability to have a will, the will to power, as Nietzsche would say. Will to power means our will is, our, is what trajects us into having a full and rich life. But some people self-defeat so much or do not offer uh, uh, boundaries so much and don't want to do conflict so much that they destroy their will to live. And they just exist. They cope with life, but they don't really live. You got to have a will to live. You know, it's a, <laughs> there's some things that you got to understand. Nobody's perfect. It's okay not to be okay. You know, 
I believe we need to change the expectation that we must always have a smile on or be, be okay 24 by 7. It's okay to have sad moments. It's okay to acknowledge you weren't 100% today. Also, being self-aware, being uh, having your intuition. You know, a lot of people, especially highly sensitive people, where where uh, you know, in people that call themselves an empath, you know, have incredible in, intuition ability. We know when something is off, or if we are not in the mood. And I believe in owning this power. You know, self-awareness is also key. Being aware of what's going on with you is a beautiful gift to have. It's an important to be gift to have, to be self-aware. You also want to channel, you know, uh, 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 your anxiety in a form of expression. You know, the arts and hobby can help calm your brain. You know, writing, uh, some people like to dance. You know, when you write in a journal or write poetry, it, it's so much about the moment that you're in. It creates a self-meditative behavior because you have to be in the moment. You know, it's it's really important. You also want to uh, shut out that that inner sabotage. You know, coping mechanisms like anxious, uh, self doubt thoughts is is basically saying, okay, just take my life. You know, talk talk to other people about your coping mechanisms of a, a negative self talk about yourself. It's important. Here's some ways that we can take care of ourselves that will help us not self-sabotage. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. When your body's dehydrated, it will cause an increase in anxious and irritability. Hydration leads to having a clear brain and feeling less fatigued. Also, less alcohol. You know, speaking of dehydration, that anxious hangover is not a cute look. You know, waking up the next day confused on edge is not a good thing. If you like to have a drink, have a few glasses, but know your limit. And you also need to have me time. You know, having alone time, whether it's to journal, to meditate, to, to sleep, just staring at a wall. It, you know, being alone is uh, rejuvenating at times, and it's needed. So you take your time and your space as you need it. Also, meditation. Meditating is relaxing, and it's calming of your mind. And, you know... After 10 minutes, you might just feel at ease. Just 10 minutes. Take 10 minutes and, and meditate and let yourself just be. You know, there's tons of apps on your smartphone. If you look them up, that'll help you calm down and be mindful of yourself. Also, talking to people like a therapist, you know, is very helpful. Sometimes we don't even know what we're thinking until we actually express it to other people. And that can be a very important component of existence. When we don't get what we want, it's easy to put blame on, on external people, external forces. But if you look back and reflect on your own behaviors, you may realize you played a part in the downfall of your own plans. You know, you know, this is what people do. They jump ship when a relationship gets serious. A lot of them do that because they have Attachment issues. They're afraid to attach. They're afraid to feel pain. They're afraid of conflict. They're afraid of lots of things. There's loads of ways you can run your own relationship, but usually one underlying cause is you don't want to get hurt. And right before you get in deep with your partner, you may find yourself picking fights, being extra nitpicky about them. Why? Well, perhaps because deep down you'd rather end the relationship and uh, proceed to become more vulnerable and get hurt, you have to pass 
you, it, like you've had in past uh, relationships, you've been vulnerable and hurt, and you don't want to have that again. So you end your relationships. You develop that pattern, you're going to have a long, lonely life. We are meant to be with other people, but some people are terrible at marriage. Some people are breeding stock and not parents. You know, and it's sad, but that's out there. It's the way. It's why there's adoption. That's why there's uh, foster care. You know, remember, while relationships may have similar patterns, no two are exactly the same. There's a whole lot of myths out there about relationships that keeps us from experiencing them directly. Not every relationship will go down in flames. So it's critical to communicate openly and honestly with your partner. Express your feelings and fears. Make it safe to express your feelings and fears. You know, if you feel yourself picking fights or pushing your partner away, be willing to take a step back, examine the root cause of your behaviors on your terms. Then it's up to you to take responsibility. Apologize. Explain the root issue. You know, if you're going to put things off, you know, procrastinate, you're self-defeating. You're, you may be avoiding a great opportunity for you because of your own procrastination. You know, you got to take a look into your own brain. You know, what you're really putting off or avoiding. Think deeper than, ugh, I just don't feel like doing that right now. Well, that's the problem. You're looking for a feeling to do something. You have to go with your thoughts. Is this right? Is this what I need? Do it. Now find an emotion that will motivate you. I don't want to lose. Whatever that emotion is, go for it. Once you understand what's holding you back, you can try to challenge those negative beliefs and fears. You know, take baby steps towards completing it. Visualize a great end result, but allow yourself to make mistakes along the way. That's called experiential learning. We need to welcome experiential learning in our life. You know, if we're going to live in our depression, in our feelings, in our anxiety, if we're going to lead our life by uh, fears instead of faith, you know, it, it, write down all of the fears that you have. And then on the other side of the page, say, I have faith that, and then write down what you have faith in. And guess what? Stay there. Don't go to the fears. Stay with the faith. That's what's important. You know, looking back, a uh, person seems somewhat ridiculous because in reality, uh, we, we we have nothing to lose, you know. Sometimes it's it's we're in a horrible place, but you know we may learn by uh, climbing out of the hole. You know, if you have negative self beliefs or low self esteem that prevents you from using the help and getting help from other people, and you have these negative thoughts and self doubt filling your brain, you know, try try before starting and changing. Try something new. You know, if you decide, you know, I'm going to fail, you will fail. But if you decide I'm going to do this, I will do this. It's like marriage. I will be married or I won't be married. I'm not going to try to be married. I will be in a relationship or I won't be in a relationship, but I'm not going to try to be in a relationship. That means that we're not fully there. And people try, try, try. And guess what? They self-defeat. All right. That's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. And you can do that through our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, self-sabotage is a war between the conscious and the subconscious mind, and the subconscious always wins. <clears throat> you know you have issues when you see it as a nice day out and you wear black.
Also, if you are happy and you know it, it's probably because you're meds. <laughs> also, to be defensive is by definition self-sabotage. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.